Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, the tournament has already begun with some planned games, but the bulk of the games kick off tomorrow, which is Thursday, and we're going to preview every single one of the opening round games talk about who we're liking and who we think could pull off an upset and become this year's cinderella all of that is going to happen right after this All right, Biggs, I alluded to it in the intro, but you know we've already had some games here. Um, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi falls to Texas Southern last night, and Indiana beats Wyoming both in uh, both in those play-in sort of games. I think they call them opening round, technically. But my one takeaway is Wyoming could not buy a bucket last night, and so Indiana moves on. Yeah. Yeah, Wyoming turned the ball over a lot. Couldn't make enough free throws. Um, yeah, Indiana, they play tough defense. I'm intrigued to see their matchup with St. Mary's. I think um, listening to some other analysts talk about that one, I think a lot of people are just assuming St. Mary's going to roll all over them. I don't know. I like the way Indiana plays. They play tough defense. Um, and then same thing with, with with Rutgers. I think Rutgers gives gives Alabama a pretty good game. With the, with the way Rutgers defends, you know, a win over Notre Dame on Wednesday night was, was impressive by them. You know, I really like the way Ron Harper – you know, did, did the did a great job, I think, defensively, but also just getting into the paint and really controlling the game with his physicality. And, you know, I think I think they're going to give Alabama an interesting game, just the way they grind. And Biggs, by the time this gets released, um, the uh, the Rutgers game will complete conclude. Do you have uh, any previews that uh, – should we make our predictions and see if we're right? Yes. All right. Did you already make yours with Rutgers? I'm pretty sure you did. I, I also have Rutgers. The only oh, no, thing I that... basically was just talking about it like Rutgers wins. So by the time you're okay. listening to this on I feel Thursday, like that's you predicting I will that. have been right about Rutgers winning. Gotcha. So that is you predicting them in this moment. I just went into the future. On Wednesday late afternoon at 442 Central Standard Time, where uh, neither one of these games tonight has tipped off. Uh, <laughs> you gave away our secret. Um, but no, I was thinking about how we're going to do this episode. And I think a year ago we went through like each sort of quad, I don't know, quadrant of the bracket where it's like, you know, like one plays 16, eight plays nine. And then we figure out who's going to come out of that four teams. But, you know, recently we, uh, we came up with a segment towards the end of all our shows where, you know, and I know all of our fans love it. All of our loyal listeners where we scroll through the schedule. So this whole episode Biggs, is going to be scrolling through the schedule. How fired up are you? Oh, <laughs> ridiculously. And so along with that, um, so I think the way we can do this is, you know, for example, the first game that tips off tomorrow at 11.15 a.m. Central Standard Time is Michigan against Colorado State. And, like, the winner of that one will play the winner of Longwood and Tennessee, which starts at 1.45 p.m. So we'll sort of go in that order and then go to the next set of games. But with this Michigan versus Colorado State, I know you're high on – David Roddy, and I know you're high on Colorado State. And just earlier today, I texted you because I saw that Devontae Jones, the point guard for Michigan, is out. Does Michigan have a chance? Yeah, I would say they still have a chance. I mean, that's a huge bummer because Devontae Jones, especially 
lately has been playing really well. Part of the Michigan issue for a good chunk of this season is uh, uh, twofold. Um, the freshmen have not been as good as you would hope freshmen, fi- like five-star freshmen would be. And Devontae Jones wasn't as good as as a, as a, as one of the, what he was billed to be as one of the top graduate point guards. Um, late in the season, when Michigan's they've turned turned things on and started getting a lot better, the five star freshmen have started playing. You know, not like freshmen anymore, um, like almost sophomores, which is apparently the best thing that about freshmen is that they become sophomores sometimes. That's I think it's say. better that they become almost sophomores. Actually, yeah, I think almost sophomores is better than just regular old freshmen. So, uh, but, but Devonte Jones has also been playing a lot better. I think over his last like five, six, seven games, he's been averaging like 17 points and five or six assists. I mean, he's been playing solid basketball for them. So, you know, that, that hurts. That takes away a weapon for, for a team that doesn't have a ton of perimeter juice still. Um, and it puts the, puts a lot more pressure on Frankie Collins, a, a freshman guard who's coming off the bench. And it seems like he's been playing better for them as of late too. Another highly rated kid. Who you know he's been kind of getting his feet wet most of this season. He's going to have to now play a big role, and I think Colorado State already kind of had a little bit of an advantage in the backcourt, and now I think that advantage grows even more. So it's going to really be up to Michigan's front court to to maybe control that game if they can. Yeah, it's going to be you know I think it's going to be a close matchup. Uh, Michigan has been playing better as of late. You can argue. Uh, Argue, argue all night long about whether or not they should be in this tournament, but they are. So let's get off it for now. Uh, but Colorado State is twenty-five and five. They're led by David Roddy, who is this six foot five, six six sort of a you know can we call him a chunky guard? Is that what we can call him? He's massive. He's your yeah. he could be your massive man of the week. Like he's Oof. six five two fifty. He's a load. He looks yeah. like he's the guy. He looks like basically. You know, does, he like does he look like Draymond? Does he look like Draymond? No, he's way he's bigger and more like more physical looking than Draymond. Okay. Um he's the guy who he looks like every couple years in college you see the guy that looks like he's going to be the tight end in the NFL. David Roddy looks like that except he's actually like really skilled as a basketball player. Okay. And he's got like guard skills, you're right. I mean, he like he's he's like Is a he is he uh what's the word? Is he light on his feet? You know what he kind of reminds me of a little bit is he's not as like I don't know if he's as like Bonzi Colson is the guy that he kind of reminds me of. Remember Bonzi? Really? Colson? Yes, I do. And he, he was not a guard. His, but he was like kind of a skilled kind of face up. He would face you up around kind of the mid post, high post area, and like could like drive. He could mm-hmm. shoot a little bit. That's kind of like what David Roddy is. I think Roddy is a little more, little more like stocky. Like Colson <clears> was, he was like six six, but didn't he have like a seven one wingspan or something? Like I'm not sure. I remember his arms being really long, and I don't think Roddy has like the crazy length, but I think he's like more muscular. Uh, so it should be a good game there, and uh, the winner of that one will play Tennessee against the or winner of that game will play the winner of Tennessee versus Longwood, which uh, you can make many many jokes about Longwood. You can um, what kind? Uh, we won't get into that. We're a PG rated podcast. Um, PG podcast, okay. But Don't Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee, the team I really like. I don't really see much upset potential here. Um, do you have anything on this game? No, Tennessee's Tennessee's playing at a super high level right now. Uh, not only are the three the three guards obviously get like a ton of the the hype for them, uh, but I think Josiah Jordan James really emerging in his last like ten games. He's finally found his jump shot. 
he's getting a lot more assertive offensively. I think him emerging as like he's he's already one of the top notch like defenders on the on the wing, but like he's getting a little more aggressive offensively and giving them some scoring pop. And and honestly, those big guys, you know, they lost one of their starting big men. Um, was it like Ronkra? One of their one of their big one of their big starting power forwards went out here a couple weeks ago, and you were wondering if hey are the are the Tennessee big guys going to hold up? And they've been pretty good. Like their their freshman big guy. Um, you know, they've got, they've got, who's their freshman big guy who starts for them? Who's, uh, who's been pretty good lately. I'm, I'm opening up right now. I can't remember his name. It's not, I do. It's, um, Yuras. No, Plavchich. He's, he's started all year. He's just kind of a big screen setter, shot blocker type. So uh, does Olivier or Jonas, I do Jonas. I do. There's another one. Uh, Olivier Calmo. I don't know how to pronounce He that. got hurt. He's the one who got hurt. He's the one who got hurt. Um, Huntley Hatfield. Uh, Huntley yes, Hatfield. Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Yes. Huntley Hatfield's been starting for them, and he and he gives them some solid minutes. And and Fulkerson is is, is okay. Like I feel like we, we keep waiting for like Fulkerson from two years ago to show up, and he's just not gonna that guy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of a, a big man by committee kind of situation where they got like four guys who just play decent enough minutes, and and they kind of those perimeter guys kind of carry the load. It is a Tennessee team that's peaking and playing really, really well. All right. And uh, those two matchups that we just talked about, those are both in the South region. And so for the next one, tipping off at 11. That's the Northeast bracket, though. Uh, (laughs) Oh, We we just put our minds in pretzel pigs, and I love it. Uh, Tipping off at 1140 on True TV, which I saw this graphic the other day. It might have been today even. And it was like uh, True TV popular – or True TV Google searches by like over time, and like it showed like January, February, March, like throughout the year, but it showed it for like an eight year period, and like it, it just spikes in March and then getting falls and, back into oblivion. Yeah, but then and like the caption was basically like years from now people will look at this and know when the pandemic happened because the one year it didn't spike in March. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I enjoyed that. But anyways, 1140. Can you name a true TV show besides the one where that's the comedians who like play jokes on people in public that's, and stuff? That's the only one. And that's, that's the, the only, only show one. I can think that's... of. I don't, impractical joking, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. And, and that Joe Gatto, he left the show like a couple months ago too. So yeah. they got they got some, I can't remember the name, someone to replace him. I haven't watched it for years. Bet you it's not as funny. Probably not. But 11.40 a.m. tomorrow on True TV, South Dakota State versus Providence, 13-4 matchup in the Midwest region. And the winner of that will play the winner of uh, Richmond, Iowa, um, which tips off you know, like half hour after that. But South Dakota State is a popular Cinderella sort of darling pick amongst uh, people preparing brackets, including myself. And... You know, especially just because, you know, they're 20 0 in the summit, um, haven't lost a game since December. And then on the flip side of that, Providence, according to Ken Palm, is, and I can double check here again, but I'm assuming they are the luckiest team in the country. And yes, they are. They are still the luckiest team in the country, according to Ken Palm. So like, are we getting too far ahead of ourselves? Are we, are we just trying to trash Providence a little too much? I don't know. I tend to think so. I tend to think, like, you know, I have a very, like, um, I have a very go against the grain kind of style. I feel like I like teams until they become too popular and then I don't like them anymore. Um, and then, and then the teams that like, like Providence, 
I feel like they're almost becoming like a yeah, it's becoming kind of a punchline about how they're not any good. People just keep waiting for them to be bad. Like the obvious upset pick, I, I try to stay away from those, and I feel like the the South Dakota State one is becoming a little too. It's becoming a little too trendy for my liking. I, I don't I don't like it. Um, but I'm looking at I'm looking at some of these Ken Palm numbers. I will say this. I mean, the Ken Palm difference. Providence is 48th at Ken Palm right now. South Dakota State 69th. So that's nice for one. But like. It's only a 20 spot difference for a four versus 13 matchup. That's, that's significant. That feels sizable. Um, or that, that feels like it's a really small, feels very narrow. The opposite of sizable actually. Well, and another thing is the, uh, the betting line according to ESPN right now is two Providence is two point favorites, which if you go down one game to an eight, nine matchup between Memphis and Boise state, that betting line is actually more, which is three. So that's also interesting. Yeah, the, the definitely the money is probably coming in heavy on South Dakota State right now. So it, it's it's a what makes this matchup I think so intriguing is that not only do you have a 13 seed that um you know has a chance that's probably better than a 13 a four that's probably not as good as a typical four, but also they have so, they're so opposite stylistically. Providence plays at the 273rd. They're 273rd in adjusted tempo. They play really really slow, right? South Dakota State. 59th they want they want to get up and down they want to play really fast so you've got you know a, d- a big difference there providence uh much more of a defensive grinded out ground and pound kind of squad south dakota state they let they want to run and they want to get shots up they want to put up threes they want to score a lot of points which style can which style can win there i don't think providence is like an overwhelmingly talented team so you know sometimes you run into these mid-major teams that have that have good players and they can go and they can shoot and they can score until they run into the big boys who have like the, the size and the athletes who can make can make those small guys you know look a lot slower. I don't know if Providence has that. I just feel like we're sleeping a little too much on that. I, I think it's gotten a little, the pendulum has swung a little too far in in this in this idea that Providence is a bunch of bums, you know. Yeah. And and South Dakota State last I checked, they still don't play great defense. They haven't beaten a tournament team all season. You know they've got four losses. Their four losses are against. Like Alabama and then not great tournament teams. So I, I still think Providence is better than them. So this is one of those. If, if they were to play 10 times, I think Providence would win seven or eight of them. Mm-hmm. Can this be one of them? I think that's, I think the game is going to be high level watchability. I think it's going to be a super watchable game, but I don't, I, I think Providence is going to win myself. Yeah. And you know, more and more I think about it, I do have like South Dakota state picked in all my brackets um, just because it, for me, it's a trendy one. It's but at the same, I, I I see you know you know I I bet a little. I see that two point line when when it's a thirteen four matchup, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I might need to uh, put a little money on that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said though, the winner of that plays Richmond, Iowa. Uh, that begins you know about a half hour on again True TV, the uh, Impractical Jokers. There's gonna be so many commercials of, of that as as the day progresses. So much Impractical Jokers. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, Richmond, Iowa, and uh, you know Richmond. I know you like Richmond, Biggs, and Iowa's been one of the hotter teams in the country recently. Iowa's been on a tear. Yeah, like they've they've been playing some really good basketball. It feels like the first kind of November, December, January, they kind of flew under the radar. Like they was just kind of like, oh yeah, Iowa's down there, like doing stuff in the doing stuff in the cornfields. You know, whatever. They have Keegan Murray. He's cool. It's a flyover then, state, Biggs. It is a flyover state. We just don't care about it. And um, and then nothing good has ever come from that state. 
nothing good comes from that state. You're right. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> she's not listening at this point. She's or <laughs> she never even started listening anymore because she's just done with us. Um, but it does feel like they've exploded here in the last like month, which is which is really that runs incongruent with how Fran McCaffrey's teams generally do it. They usually start out really hot. And then it's the Fran, the Fran February fade, like is what the all with the running joke always has been. Iowa usually just kind of stinks down the stretch. This team's doing the opposite. They're peaking, and it is just kind of hard to go against the way. I mean, like Keegan Murray is amazing. I mean, he was an absolute monster in the Big Ten tournament. What was he averaging like twenty seven a game? He broke like a, I think he broke the Big Ten record for most points in the Big Ten tournament. So he's he's awfully good and they well, got... i see he's at 23 and a half for the season so uh, oh. it, even if he averaged 27 for the like the just that tournament it's not like it's this ridiculous like out of character experience like he's been doing this all season he has been and, and he's and he's it, it just feels like they've got a ton of shooting i mean you watch iowa always has they run great stuff offensively it's a team that, that can really really defend um and i think they've picked up their defense i know we were talking about this not that long ago their, their defense, I guess it actually isn't that much better than it was. It's about the same as it was last year, but um, I guess when you think about it from the, the perspective of, you know, they're a five seed rather than a two seed, I think this is probably a little more a little more reasonable. Um, it's it's a really good team. It's an, it's an impressive job. I don't think we've really talked about it enough, how impressive it is considering all the guys they lost. You had kind of mentioned it in our last pod. We just kind of overlooked them, kind of similar to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's amazing what they've done with just they a just both those team. programs just reload. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, don't think no. of Iowa as a team that reloads? No, but no, it's been impressive. They lose, you know, the national player of the year in Luca Garza, and they basically just get get another one who he played last year, but he wasn't like a a big uh, big contributor a year ago. He's just a simple role player a year ago. So a lot like what Johnny Davis was for last year. Yeah, Wisconsin. Same, same exact thing. It's very Wisconsin-y, or is Wisconsin-y very Iowa-y? I'm not sure. Oh, this is yeah. tough. I feel like we've got a, a Matthew McConaughey driving late at night, just kind of rolling his fingers, kind of thinking like, can, can I toss this booger yet? Did Wisconsin come first or was it Iowa? <laughs> After I get done rolling up this booger, I'm going to eat it. We're tossing out the window. We're just bugs on a rock and a void. Oh boy, let's move on. We have Memphis Boise State nine eight matchup tipping off at uh, twelve forty five tomorrow, and then that will play the winner of Georgia State versus Gonzaga. Now I know Memphis, you know they've been playing well. We've talked at nauseum about we may have stuck the fork with it, sporking them in like December to be honest. Um, Boise State, I'll let, I'll, I'll defer to you on that one. I don't know a whole lot about them, and then. Uh, Winner of that plays Gonzaga. Winner of Gonzaga, Georgia State. Um, I don't see, um, I don't see any upset potential there. One thing I have heard is that I think as uh, three men, we've talked about Georgia State that they're twelve and one when they're at full strength or something like that, and that they're like, they probably would have been better served as like a fourteen seed. But even then, it's a one versus fourteen, so I definitely don't see much upset potential there. But tell me about Boise State a little more. I have not had a chance to watch. Uh, well, first off, shame on you because Boise State's had a heck of a team. Uh, they won the Mountain West regular season turn- uh, title. They won the Mountain West Conference tournament title. Um, it's a team with a ton of talent. And don't they play on a blue court? I'm pretty sure they play on a blue yeah. court. Well, they definitely play a blue turf. I believe they also blue have a blue field. basketball court. Yeah. You know who I'm thinking, actually? I think Memf- Memphis plays on a blue court as well. Whoa. Wow. They could match up. 
Or yeah. no, they are matching up. Shit. I, I was thinking around ahead, but no, yeah. Are either of these teams going to have any idea what to do on a court that's not blue? That is maybe the question that we should be talking about. Which one will be more affected by not playing on a blue court? Yeah. Um, no, but Boise State is, I, I guess the first thing that stands out to me when, when you see them play is they're massive. This is a, maybe if you did like a massive team of the, team week, of the week, it'd be Boise State because they go 6-2 and then it's like 6-8, 6-7, 6-9, or something like they are just, they're large. That's, that's really big in today's college hoops. You don't see a lot of 6-7, 6-8 wings, right? It's a lot of 6-1, 6-3, 6-4 kind of size, right? Um, they're really big. They've got a couple of solid down transfers in Abu Kigab and um, oh, uh, Emmanuel Acott, who's a, tra- a down transfer from Arizona. Kigab's coming from uh, Oregon. And those two guys are like kind of their top two uh, guys on the wing. And then they've got, uh, oh, what's the point guard's name? Shaver, who's who's kind of a bucket getter uh, at the point of attack. They're, they're just, they're big and they're solid defensively. They play. They're the 19th rated Ken Palm defense. So, like, they're, they're, that size shows up on the defensive end of the floor. They play at a really slow tempo as well. Um, you saw that in the Mountain West Tournament Championship game. They beat San Diego State like 55 to 50 or something. It's a low scoring game. I think that's what you're getting with this game. I, I, I think this one. I think it's probably the best looking eight nine game because I do think either team could. I, I think they have similar styles in that. It, it might be ugly though. I think first team to probably like 55 is probably going to win. Uh, okay. They both play. They both play great defense. Boise is not an offensive juggernaut. They turn the ball over a lot. Memphis excels at that. They also turn the ball over a lot. I think both teams force a lot of turnovers. So we're, we might see a lot of turnovers. The ball just getting kicked around a lot. But I think it's going to be an enticing game just because of the size and the athleticism that both teams kind of possess. Alrighty. Um, yeah. And do you who have anything? Who do you like? I like Memphis. You know they've been better. They have. You know. So much, you know, they have so much talent. Lester Quinones, they have Landers Nolly. Um, they have those two big guys in the center or in the center in the uh, in the front court who are just going to alter so many shots. Um, so I like Memphis in this. Do you like Boise State better? I think I like Memphis too, just because the the way they've been playing. You're right; they've they've really played well. Feels like they've kind of figured some things out. Um, it's not it's not a coincidence, right? That they that they seem like the vibes are just way better without Amani Bates. No, not at all. It's I, I isn't it? Is, can we just have like a quick commentary on how funny it is that like that's just like a spoken thing that you know, everyone just, just assume like college hoops. They everybody treats all these college guys with like kid gloves, and it seems like on on other podcasts that you listen to, analysis on television, they're just very frontal with it. Like, yeah, they're playing better when Monty Bates left the team. Yeah, you ever notice yeah. that? I have noticed it, and I love it because I think it's true. I think that he was divided in the locker room. I think that he's only in it for himself. He's not a good teammate, and he's not that good of a player. No, he was um, crowned this you know next LeBron when he was like you know fifteen years old, and he's didn't get any better. Yeah, exactly. He forgot that maybe a push up would help him. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think I like the way Memphis is playing, and they still they're still a team with warts. I mean, it's still a team that probably should be like an eight or nine seed, right? Because of the way they turn the ball over and their point guard issues didn't get solved with Amani Bates not on the team. But I think that front court of DeAndre Williams um, and and Duran is awesome. Landers Nolly's been playing a lot better as of late, and also they just they have a lot of depth. Like Memphis still goes seven, eight, nine deep. Like they have great depth on their team. I think that's going to be a weapon for them, especially, you know, in a tournament setting where you just throw bodies at, at Boise and wear them out. Yep. 
All right, let's move on. We have at, tipping off at one. We have Baylor Norf- Norfolk State, and then you know half hour or so after that is Marquette North Carolina, and that is on East Region TBS. Now it's worth noting for Baylor, it shouldn't affect them for this first matchup, but LJ Cryer is out for this uh, this first set of games, this first weekend. He will not be playing. He is their leading scorer, but like he, when I say leading scorer, he's at thirteen and a half. The next two are both at 13.4. So I think they'll be fine. Um, could they run into something in the second round? Possibly. Um, but I don't think don't think they'll have any issue the first round. And like I said, North Carolina, Marquette. North Carolina, like whenever I think of North Carolina, um, you know, my favorite team, I think of how much they suck against Texas and who used to coach at Texas, Shaka Smart. And who's coaching at Marquette now? Shaka Smart. Should I be worried? I don't think you should be worried about Norfolk State beating Baylor. No, I think I think Baylor will probably take care of business pretty easily in that game. They- <laughs> Norfolk is a is a potentially decent 16 seed, but I think Baylor will have their way with them. You're right. Do, do you I- think Baylor could do the reverse Virginia where they lose to a 16 seed the year after winning a national title? They would be the first one seed ever to lose to a 16 seed the year after winning the national title. In the same year <laughs> that the team that was the first ever first one seed to lose to a 16 seed lost to a 13 seed from the MAC, and then yes. followed that year with a loss in their season opener to a service academy. Outfit. Correct. So much no, history I, here. Uh, North Carolina Marquette. I I don't really have a great feel for it. Um, I do worry. You're you're probably. I think the bigger issue is not necessarily Shaka Smart. I don't like North Carolina against teams that are like tough. I feel like I feel like against rugged, like physical, tough teams, they wilt a little bit. We've talked about this North Carolina team plenty in that they're soft, right? They're soft. They don't have they don't have like a toughness about them, at least that I've seen. And and I feel like Marquette, that's exactly what Marquette is. They are big, they're physical, they're tough. They, they've got kind of that junkyard mentality, similar to what Shaka had with those VCU teams. And I just, and I'm worried that that's, they're not more talented, right? North Carolina will look a lot better in the layup line. They're a prettier team, but I worry that, that Marquette will muddy the game up and, and make it ugly. And Justin Lewis is probably the best player on the court. And North Carolina doesn't have a guy that can defend him. He's kind of similar to Ben Caro in that he's like, he's a little smaller, but like he's more of like a, He's like a three and a half, or he's like six seven. He's like two forty, and so he's too big to 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 guard with Leaky Black. He's probably too quick for for a guy like Brady Manick to defend, and I feel like he's going to just have his way. And then Daryl Morcel, who's a terrific defensive guard. They've got a bunch of guys who are terrific defensively, but I, I just feel like this North Carolina team. I don't know. I'm worried that they're just going to get bullied. Yeah, they very well could. So, and I, I don't know what to expect. It could be Hubie gets his first tournament win it could be that they lose by 25 like they did to wisconsin a year ago yeah you never know because like with north carolina and i've said this before like the other games where you know game starts and like it might be going back and forth they might be up seven to six but then you know marquette gets two straight three pointers and all of a sudden they're down by five and the next possession caleb loves just trying to hit a five pointer to tie it up again and I feel like with these North Carolina games, and maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm just misremembering, and I'm only remembering a few of them. I feel like in game you can tell relatively quickly whether or not they're going to get run out of the gym. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, within for the sure. first like five minutes of the game, it's like okay, yep, they didn't fucking come to play. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And like, yeah, like I said, like 
they get down by five. They think they have to score five points the very next possession, and then all of a sudden they're down by twenty, and they can't yeah. get back from that. Yep. <clears throat> um, so yeah, at this point, this is like an interesting point of date, Biggs, because there's usually like a twenty minute gap where there's no hoops, so it's a good good time to get some refreshments, some snacks, catch a um, breath, catch a breath, and then New Mexico State will face off against UConn, um, and the winner of that will play the winner of Vermont versus Arkansas, and I think Vermont's all. Another one of those sort of trendy upset picks there. Um, do you see that one happening? I have a hard time with this because I I do I like I like Vermont as one of the they're a really good mid major team and they've got a ton of talent. They play a, a brand of basketball that I think does well in the tournament. They've got a great coach. They've got a couple of guys who are like high level like individual players who will, I don't think they're going to be like intimidated. You know, there's not going to be like a pucker factor. Where, where some of these lower double-digit seeds, I think there's some of that, like, whoa, we're shocked, like, we're playing against these guys and we can't keep up kind of thing. I don't think Vermont has that, but I but I really like the way this Arkansas team is playing, too. I feel like they're playing at a really high level right now. If there's one thing I'm a little concerned about when it comes to Arkansas, it's like, I do think they're a little overly reliant on, on J.D. Note making just kind of some ridiculous shots sometimes. And if that dries up, Remember Ohio State last year with Dwayne Washington? And it was like, for some reason, this Ohio State team, when you look at them, it's like they're just not that great. But they win a ton because Dwayne Washington um, is just like the ultimate bucket getter. He's a bucket, as the kids say, which I don't really understand. How can someone be a bucket? I don't get it either. Do you under, do you hear that? Though? Like, you, hear like, you, that. you can say he gets buckets. That's fine. Yeah. People but just you can't... call individual players a bucket. No, I don't understand that. Like a thousand you, years old, but I still you, I just until even when I'm a thousand, I won't understand that. It's like looking at Tom Brady and be like, "Oh, he's a touchdown." Uh, no, yeah, he he's isn't. a he's a completion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's a slant. It's <laughs> like so looking at Kirk Cousins saying he's a checkdown. He is a check. Yeah, he is a checkdown. God, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I I'm a little worried that JD Note has like a that's like an Ohio State JD Note is like the Dwayne Washington where. If he's a little off, it's not that they don't have other good players, but I just think so much of their so much of their offense is him taking and making tough shots that I, I think they could get got maybe if he doesn't play super well. Yep. You know what I mean? But but God, I, I, we've been, we talked about this. Like I think Arkansas also has a great shot at going super deep, and like if they were to play Gonzaga, I think they would give Gonzaga I think a good game in the Sweet Sixteen. But they got to get out of the they got to get out of the first round first. Yep. And yeah, going back to uh, December and into January, they lost five out of six games. And they, at that point, they're 10 and five. But since then, they've been 15 and three. They've been arguably one of the best teams in the country, like top five team in the country. In a really good league. I mean, we, we, yeah. we love the SEC, right? I mean, the SEC has a ton of really good teams. They were the team that broke Auburn. Yep. So, no, you know? I, uh, I like. I know Vermont is a trendy pick. I would go with Arkansas here um, just because I think they are riding high. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they do uh, end up matching up with Gonzaga. That's going to be a fun game, and I hope it happens. Me too. Um, and because of that, they will probably lose to Vermont tomorrow. Now, the other game, they will face the winner of UConn versus New Mexico State. Do you have anything on that one? Not really. I really like this UConn team too. I, I do think like if we're, if we're getting like – we're going to do the daring thing where we kind of look ahead at potential matchups in like this after the first round. I think a UConn uh, Arkansas second round game could be a ton of fun. Cause yep. I, I'm really in on this UConn team. 
but I don't know if I'm in enough to like put them much further than the second round if they were to play Arkansas. Like I just I really like watching UConn play. They have just all the they have all the pieces and like a, a ton of talent. They do some weird, stupid shit sometimes where you're just like, what are you, what are you doing? They have a little bit of just like what the hell kind of factor to them. But I, I really like watching them play, and and I and I think they'll beat New Mexico State. I'm more confident in them beating New Mexico State, I guess, than I am confident with Arkansas. Even though I tend to think maybe Arkansas is a, a little better of a team than UConn, um, but I think that, I think that would be a fascinating second round matchup. Yep. Alrighty, so let's move on. We have Kentucky St. Peter's. Um, the winner of that will play the winner of San Francisco versus Murray State. And Murray State's an interesting team. You know, I talked about um, South Dakota State and how they haven't lost since like December. Um, Murray State's last loss was December twenty second at Auburn. Um, and like, I wouldn't even say they were blown out. They lost by 13, which I mean, they were down by a ton though. In that they? Game, if I remember right, I think they were down by over 20 at one point. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Murray state's really good though. I, I'm with you on that. And I, I do think them against San Francisco is one of the best first round matchups. Cause I think, I think everybody's kind of sleeping on San Francisco. That's a really good team that has a, a terrific backcourt and Jamari Bouye and, um, Oh, who's the other kid that they've got? They've got two really high-scoring, high-level guards who can who can really put it on the floor and do a lot of damage. Um, I think and that's Bar- a great first-round matchup. Don't for, don't forget about Barry Bonds. He's a San Francisco legend. He is indeed the <laughs> Bay Area. <laughs> um, no, that's definitely a game I'm looking forward to, and that's that's like one of those ones where it like tips off at eight forty. Now I'm not even sure. Is this like this is uh, Central Time? Yeah, this is Central Time. I'm going to be getting tired towards the end of this game, because it says 8.40, but that's probably going to be a little later. It's probably not going to start to like, 9, and I'm going to be Isn't up to, like, great? 11. Yeah. It's, well, it's going to be, like, 13 hours of basketball tomorrow. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's amazing. You're going to have to really, like, you're going to need some caffeine. I know you're not a big, like, pop guy, but you're going to need to find a way to, like... I- I'm a coffee you're, guy. You're going to have to do a little performance enhancement, you know? Okay. You're going to need some caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have anything else on this one or that Kentucky St. Peter's? Like, I don't see much that with that game. Kentucky is flying high. I don't see a major upset there. Do you have anything there? Did you know San Francisco ranks higher than Murray State at Ken Palm? Should we should we read and in, read into that a little more? I don't I don't know what there is to read into that, but I guess I'm, that surprises me. Okay, and I bet you that would surprise a lot of people. North Carolina ranks higher than Ohio State. I see. That's also kind of surprising. And Wisconsin. Oh, and Wisconsin. Surprising. Yeah, Wisconsin yeah. Wisconsin obviously ranks very low in some of these metrics. So does Providence, which is really weird. Um, these are, these are I think, a kind of predictive metrics. But um, I don't know. I guess when you think about the Murray State-San Fran matchup in particular, I feel like the Nash, like the narrative is that Murray State's – it's going to be Murray State versus Kentucky. Yep. And I guess I don't know if that's as much of a shoe-in as you'd expect. I think I'll take Murray State still because I do like the athletes that they've got. Um, I think either way, that could be a really good matchup against Kentucky in that second round. I just like a team that has the nickname Racers. I just love that. What about the Dons? The Dons works too, but Racers. That's like a 4-5 team name matchup. The Racers better be a team that like runs and guns because you cannot be the Racers and be a, play like Virginia style. The, the Racers and they're like running the old Boston College like flex offense. I would hate it. I'll turn it off. It's a one game tomorrow I'll turn off. <laughs> they don't play uh, that way. They play fast. They play they play they play like racers. Perfect. Um let's see we have Indiana State Marys tipping off at six twenty, and then we have Akron UCLA, which 
did the selection committee screw this up? Like a St. Mary's UCLA Pac-12 second round matchup? What the hell? Yeah, I didn't think that was allowed, but yeah, I didn't think so know, either. Maybe maybe Akron will have something to do with it though. That's another team name that we can really I can get on board with. They're called the Zips. Ooh. Do you think at some point, you know, like LeBron loves to chime in whenever he wants to and say like, oh, I would have went to college here. Do you think like he'll ever say like, oh, I, I was going to stay home and go to Akron? Ooh, take Akron to the top? Yeah. Maybe. Probably, well, Probably not though. Only if it's convenient for him. Yep. Um, but I yeah. think that's good for his brand. How do we know he hasn't done that? Well, we know every time LeBron does anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, we've talked about UCLA last year. All, or all season about, you know, was last year fluky? And we will get to find out right away. What what if they lose? Like, is that just going to be the talking point? Is it just, yep, yeah, 2021 uh, Mickey Mouse tournament doesn't count. Take away Baylor's title. It would probably be beneficial for them to lose early like that just because with the way the tournament, because there are so many games, it almost feels like there's no real individual story. It'd just be like a passing, like, oh, UCLA also lost. You know what I mean? You get mm-hmm. lost in the in the shuffle a little bit because there's just it's March Madness. Yeah, no, you see any? Yeah, I don't think they will though. I, I like I like this UCLA team in the in the tournament. I like the way the bracket sets up for them. Um, I'm in on them at least going to the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, and then uh, let's see. Do you have much to comment on either one of these games? Which ones? The Indiana St. Marys or Akron UCLA? Not really. No. no. Uh, yeah, and like Indiana's playing second time in you know three days, so you know I I, I see St. Mary's you know pulling out a win there, um, and plus Indiana's much like Michigan, where people are debating like whether or not they should have even been in the tournament, regardless. Um, and then the last set of games from Thursday night before we get into Friday is Creighton versus San Diego State and Texas Southern versus Kansas, which Texas Southern is another team that had to play uh, just last night on Tuesday. Um, and regardless, it's a one versus sixteen matchup. So, you know, put uh, you know, who, who is it? Seth Davis who does the sharpie thing? Yeah, turn it. Yeah, so put that sharpie in. Kansas is going to win that. But Whoa, that great. What about rest versus rust? That's that's a good point. Kansas hasn't yeah. played since what Sunday? Saturday. Was it Saturday? Is it Big Twelve? Yeah, yeah Big Twelve Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I think just being Kansas is probably better than being rested. Probably. Um. And then Creighton, San Diego State, and Creighton's a team who you know, we dubbed them earlier this year the uh, the one year too early team, and I feel like they've done a lot better than we expected. They um, I, Alex O'Connell's averaging eleven and a half points per game. He's a nice player. He he sees his Coach K retirement tour and it's like, no, it's it's about me, not Coach K. <laughs> you know who was our one year too early team last year? Purdue. Mine. I don't know if you agreed with me. That was my team. That was your team. You're right. Yes. Yes. And now look at Purdue. They're a three yeah. seed. Yep. So, you know, Creighton is a Creighton is an eight seed. Maybe they'll be, maybe they'll be really high again next year. I, I like I like this Creighton squad. I think what's interesting about this Creighton team is, a I think they've handled the the Ryan Nembhard injury a lot better than I was expecting. I thought that was going to impact them the way Nova got impacted last year by Gillespie going down, and that they're just they're they're. They're a boat without like a like a sea captain now. You know they're like rudderless and just kind of drifting away, and they've got no shot. They've they've handled it really well to this point, and and they could still lose in the first round, and that that wouldn't take away that they've handled it well. I mean they got to the Bees championship game, they beat Providence by thirty, and I I what what I think is the most interesting though is that we've always associated Greg McDermott 
with being like an offensive mastermind, right? His offenses are always beautiful. They, they pass and they cut and they've got shooters and they play this, this pretty brand of basketball. This team grinds though. This Creighton team is, is, I don't know what the metrics are in their defense, but like they're a very good defensive team. They play slow. Now their offense probably isn't as good as it has. They're 17th in defensive efficiency. That's yeah, incredible. Just, to me. Yep. That's very good. But ooh, 126 offensively though. Which doesn't surprise you, and if you really think about it, because they're so young, they've got mm-hmm. they they've been playing so many different freshmen, and they turn the ball over a ton. That's what I bet you. That's probably one of the biggest components of that is that they're they're a really high turnover team. Which going going year. back going back things to the one year too early. Would you rather? Do you think it's easier to teach a team defense or offense? Like when they're sort of you know growing within your system. Um, offense. Yeah, exactly. So a team that's already good defensively, and then you just build up that offense. Like, look out for this team in the next couple of years here, because they don't really have like stay together. Yeah. Well, like I don't think they have like one and done or two and done talent. You know that those level guys. So these guys could be here for a while if they all don't transfer. I mean, that's just we'll see. You always you always got to put that caveat on there. I know. Sucks. Yeah. No, should be a good game there. Um, looking forward to it and. You know, that gets us through the Thursday matchups. We get into Friday here. Um, and the first one is Loyola Chicago versus Ohio State. The winner of that play is the winner of Delaware Villanova. Um, I don't know about you. I'm going with Loyola Chicago in that game. I think you know they're just more of a steady team, whereas I'm, I pull up Ohio State's schedule here. They've lost four out of their last five. If you, if you go a little further, they've lost um, five out of the last – is that seven or eight? That's eight. Five out of the last eight. They are trending down. I don't know. If, did we ever put them on the trending down? I don't know if we ever did, but I don't think we did. You're but right we missed that, that one. Their their defensive their defensive metrics. I mean, we've talked a lot about how Purdue is dog shit defensively. Ohio State's worse. They're 130th in defensive efficiency. They're they're a good offensive team. They play no defense, um, and they play at a slow tempo. That's not a great combination. If you can't guard anybody and you play slow, that's that's uh, not a good recipe. Loyola Chicago, on the other hand, terrific defensively. Again, their offense is solid. It's not going to be spectacular. They don't have an individual player where you're like, whoa, that guy's a bucket. But they've got a great system. They've got they've got equal opportunity kind of situation where they've got two guys who, who put you kind of in double figures, and they've got like eight guys who just always can kind of go and, and get you get your points consistently over the course of a ball game. I, I like Loyola Chicago as well. I think I'm I'm gonna I pick them to beat Ohio State as well. And I, I think that would set up a really fun matchup against Villanova, two very similar kind of style teams in Chicago mm-hmm. and Nova. Yep. Because I do think Nova will beat the Delaware Blue Hens. Yeah, I don't think it's worth uh, hashing out that game in too much detail. But no, Little Chicago, watch out for Lucas Williams. They've got, and they got a couple other solid contributors there. But, and like, you know, they still play that same style where it's just like, you know, slow and steady, um, slow you down, and they just do everything the right. They don't make. That that's another area where they're like Villanova. It's like they don't make all these mistakes. They don't turn it over that much cause, just because they they slow you down so damn much. So yep. What if they do play in the second round? Expect a very fundamentally sound game. Lots of jump stops. Lots of taking charges. It's going to be well, not a lot of taking charges because they're always under control. That's true. Lots lot, of attempting lot of, to take charges. No, here's what's going to happen is the guy's going to be driving. Someone's going to try and take the charge because that is fundamentally sound. But the other guy will appropriately jump stop and do a floater. How much better is that to watch, too? Oh, I love it. I love it. Screw these dunks. God, get out of here. 
Um, the next game, Jacksonville State against Auburn, and the winner of that will play the winner of Miami USC. Now, you know, we've talked about Auburn. They are trending down some. Um, I don't expect much much happenings in this game. The other game that is worthwhile to watch is Miami versus USC. Um, Miami, like USC is a good team, but like they're not so good to where like they they can't be upset by Miami. And, you know, Cameron McGusty is a good player. Um, Isaiah Wong is a good player. So I, I, I'm picking Miami. I don't know about you. Yeah. Who do you, who do you like? What do you think that one is? I think that one's one of the better first round matchups too. I'm intrigued by the SEC. I'm intrigued by Miami versus USC. Um, how do you feel about that game? Like, would you rank that as one of the five best first round matchups? I think it's up there. Yeah, it's got to be. And like, and obviously, the first thing you look at is those eight, nine, and seven, ten matchups. So, yeah, I'd say it's definitely one of the first five. Now, the one area, the one thing I am a little worried about, and, and I and I think I like Miami too, but the one thing I do like about USC is not only do they have a lot more size, they've got more size up front, they've got more size even on the perimeter. Uh, but also, but it's a guard got, tournament, bigs. We've talked. It about is a guard tournament, but USC has like bigger guards, and I don't think they're oh. as good as Miami's guards, but like. They have a ton of, like, they're one of the biggest teams in the country in just terms of just pure size one through five. And and I think their bigs have, like, a ton of range. Like, they can they can protect the paint. So, like, Miami, I, I am envisioning their guards being able to get into gaps, get to the paint, get to the rim. But I could see USC's big guys being able to help and recover effectively enough to kind of slow them down or give them trouble. Um, so, I don't know. I... I I think I like Miami a little better, but I wouldn't be – I think that's like a truly like a 52-48 pick em type of situation for me. No, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, to be honest. Well, I do too, but I, I, uh, I think I, I don't know if you're just picking random oh, numbers. Oh, you're killing better. me. Yeah, I, I was going percentages. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah, thought you were, I thought you were picking like a Virginia-level score. Oh, no, no, no. No, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I, I could see probably like 70 to 67. Yeah. Perfect. Um, now, if you were curious, if you were curious, um, you referenced Auburn. Katie Johnson, 327 field goal attempts. This is the information I didn't need to know. 327 field goal attempts. That is good for, I believe, 10 and a half, 10.2 shot attempts per game. Okay. I want, like, we can toss out these numbers, but I want to know, like, Who's like a good point guard who like he he takes some shots, but he's also like someone who sets someone up. Who's like who's someone we can compare Katie Johnson to? Well, how about Wendell Green, his own teammate? But no, I mean like someone like who who to put it into perspective, like how many shots he takes compared. Like what like Congo Lesby maybe? Sure. Like what's his field goals to field goal attempts to uh, assists? So, That's a great question. Colin Gillespie shoots a better percentage, I bet. He has a he has more assists. I bet you he doesn't have like an insane number of assists. I mean, Colin Gillespie averages like four assists a game, which isn't okay, incredible. I, I got it. I got it. Okay. Field goal attempts, 377. Okay, so 50 more shot attempts. Assists, 110. So that's like... Three, so more than twice like, as many assists. That's like 3.7 more field goal attempts than assists. And what, what was yours, like 10 point something? Well, what's the what's the field goal number? Three seventy seven to what? How many assists? One ten. Okay, so yeah, about three. Okay, so you said three point seven to one. Yeah, and what's right? yours? Okay. So this one, he's at three hundred twenty seven field goal attempts, forty five okay. assists. <laughs> so that's like uh, 
But like, 3.2 to 4.4. To <laughs> so it's like basically 8 to 1. I love it. I so love twice it. as much. <laughs> Katie Johnson's out there just shot hunting. I'm glad we I'm glad we did that exercise because we've been tossing around those stats with Katie Johnson, but it's nice to put into pers- perspective. It's yeah. like it's like and, if someone Colin Gillespie's obviously kind of the gold standard. I'd be curious, what's Justin Moore? He if you got that Villanova page still up. Uh, I'd have to I'm just gonna search him. But I'm just gonna say, um it's almost like you know how like you're looking at some something on like Facebook Marketplace and they like show a picture. But like it's like okay, well, how big is this? But then some people will put the right, ruler. The, so, so some people will put the ruler up to it, so you can see how long it is. Yep. Yep. Um. Where is it? Oh, I gotta click on see all. Uh, field goal attempts four eleven, assists sixty nine. Which he's got that going for him. Yeah, that's that's a nice number. Okay, <laughs> so he's actually take it. He's that's kind of similar. Then I guess you know that's that's yeah. kind of KD Johnson light. I, I always thought Justin Moorhead was more of a facilitator than that. Now, I will say, uh, selfishly, I just like Justin Moore more than Katie Johnson. But also, more more. Justin Moore and Colin Gillespie aren't playing with Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. So that has to be that has to be part of the equation, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on here. We have Montana State versus Texas Tech at 1245, and they play the winner of To Be Decided – Versus Alabama, and let me tell you what, Biggs, you throw out the record books when To Be Decided plays Alabama. <laughs> to Be Decided is they're just you just never know what they're going to bring. You know, it's just they're such a mystery. Like it could be any. You don't know which team is showing up. Yeah, you literally don't. You know? And all jokes aside, that'll be the winner of either uh, Rutgers. Who's Rutgers play tonight? I can't remember. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. And you predicted earlier it'll be Rutgers. So tell me about Rutgers versus Bama. I think Bama's better, but I think Rutgers is good, but I think Bama's better. Both teams are very feast or famine. <laughs> that is analysis that you just can't get anywhere else right there. Both, both teams think, are very feast or famine, though. I think I think both teams are good, but I think one team is better, and I think the better team will win. <laughs> I just think about, like, if I, did, if I had to describe our show, like, there's other podcasts, like, Iron College Basketball, who they'll, they'll, like, toss, like, these analytics that you, like, they're – that's all they one of them. They're, they're such and such in the net. Yes, and thank you for knowing exactly what Ken Pop yeah, says. They're this and that in the quad one and this and that in the quad four. And then you you come to us and it's like, oh, they're good. <laughs> they shoot better than the other teams. <laughs> so, yeah. Which, you know, to be honest with you, if I want to know what their record is versus quad one opponents, I can type in. I, I can look that up. I don't need to listen to a podcast for that. Yeah. So we are here for – at. Okay, maybe not average college basketball takes. We can all Medio- coexist. That, you mediocre know, we, college we basketball takes for av- yeah. the average fan. We give you analysis. Yeah. Average analysis, but it's analysis nonetheless. Mediocre. But tell me about uh, Alabama, Rutgers, and or, or – What do you think about Alabama, Rutgers? I, I'm looking forward to it because it's going to be two teams where I have no idea how they're going to play that day. And it could be a 40-point win in one way or another, or it could be neck and neck – and 40 to 45, you know? Like, you never know. It's going to be fun. They also both have the color red, like, in their name. Scarlet versus Crimson. More, you're, You took that to another level. I thought you were just going to leave it at they both wear the color red. Well, they do. But they both yes. have the red in their name. Yeah. That's that's next level. That's that that's a better than average college basketball tape. I do like that, yeah. Yeah. Um. Then on the other side, Texas Tech, Montana State. You have anything there? I know Texas Tech's a team where... 
you know, they lose Chris Beard and like they haven't skipped a beat. Who's been a better hire, Tommy Lloyd or Mark Adams? Ooh, Tommy Lloyd. I mean, you, you have Arizona literally as like one of the two, three, four best teams that can win the national title. I mean, Texas Tech's really good. Uh, I mean, Arizona's he's supercharged that roster though. Yep. Uh, but no, I don't expect too much fireworks in that game either. I think Texas Tech is going to handle them. Look at this right now. Your dog is. He doesn't realize that I'm trying to pot, and he just he's trying to play tug of war. I can't, and like I, you have big dog and little dog, but it's getting to the point I can't tell which one is which anymore. Yeah, this is truly this is big dog. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> not small. Um, let's see, and then at one o'clock we have Yale Purdue, which Yale's a team who has had that upset potential in tournaments in past years. I know a few years ago they they almost uh, beat Duke, and I, I can't remember what the matchup was. They beat Baylor the year that. Uh, it was one of the Baylor kid told us about how you rebound. You you jump higher oh and you go and gosh. grab the ball before the other team does. I loved that. I, I, what was his name again? Uh, Torian? Torian? Torian Prince. Plays Prince. for the Seawolves. Yes. yes. Good guy. Um, And then the other match of Virginia Tech versus Texas, which, you know, we talked about this on the Crash Cards podcast, Biggs. Virginia Tech, we like. We do like. I'm in on Vatech. The Hokies. My average college basketball take. My average college basketball take of this show is Virginia Tech has basketball players on it. I am an ACC stan, and that is my team. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, Texas is just a team. Like, they got all these transfers, and it's just – I don't know what to make of them still. Like, they've had good games, and they've had bad games. And they've had some right right in the middle, too, you know? They're just very average. I don't know. They, they, I feel like the the one word, if you had to just sum up every team in, in one word, Texas would just be uninspiring. Yeah. I don't know. They bore me. I'm bored with Texas. We talked about Texas too much in the offseason. I think we blew our wad too early talking about Texas last offseason. You always talk about ESPN circle jerking over Duke. Um, did we we do circle the same? jerked a little too much on Texas, I think. Okay. I, okay. So for those out there who think that we uh, are hypocrites, uh, no, we're not. We just did the same thing, said the same thing about ourselves. So there you go. Yep, I'm willing to. I'm willing to admit it. And I think when we when there will be a time. The time is not now. There will be time for reflection on this. It's something that we can use to better ourselves. Yep. Now going into the night games for Friday night, we have uh, a good big man match of Chattanooga versus Illinois, and will Sylvia D'Souza. Throw a chair at Coffee Cockburn. He's never thrown a chair. I think he just picked one up and was like waving it like a crazy man. Do you think he's sitting there like telling the photographer like, oh, get this get this picture quick. My muscles look huge. <laughs> I don't know. I love I actually, to be honest with you, I know the big man matchup is is what we what we go to first. The Chattanooga, Illinois, like backcourt matchup, I think is really intriguing too. I love Trent Frazier. He's one of my man crush guys. He'd be the point guard on my man crush team. Um Alfonso Plummer, I know, is just like he's got the butter jump shot. Like he's he's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Chattanooga though has a has a really really good backcourt um, with with Stanley Jean Baptiste. No, it's not Stanley Jean Baptiste. Who's Stanley Jean Baptiste? He was a corner, I think, back in the day. Um, I was gonna say something. I was gonna tell you something I heard on a different podcasts, and I feel like this person uh, described Andre Cabello perfectly. Obviously, the Illinois guard. In that you, you can rate every single play. On like a basketball, during the basketball game, and but like with him, like if you raked it like between one through ten, you have to take out the numbers three through seven because you'll never have that. It's either a one or a two or an eight through ten. 
Yeah, he's he is truly it's it's true, and and he the, that'll be the next step for him. Hopefully, eventually, is becoming okay at the four, five, six kind of stuff. He's a he's a in in baseball, he would be the guy that either strikes out or hits a home run every time. Adam Dunn. Yep, he's Adam Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> but Malachi Smith and David Jean Baptiste, the two uh, the two guards for Chattanooga, are are like awesome. Um, they both shoot it at almost forty percent from the three point line. They're both kind of like big, strong, physical guards. I think the, the backcourt matchup between those two teams could be could be a lot of fun, and that's where I think if Chattanooga's got a chance, those two guys have to be really good. Uh, the winner of that will play the winner of UAB Houston. Now, Houston is a team who I, I still can't figure out. I've heard a lot of podcasts call them the uh, the computer trickers. Have you heard that? No, I have not. Like they're, tri- they're, they're tricking the computers. Like they're high in all these analytics, but it's like, are they actually good? Like, I don't know. They rack up wins like it's nobody's business. I know, but and like they did, they did just beat, they did just beat Memphis, and we're talking about Memphis, so I think they are good. But can they beat UAB? Are they on upset alert? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're a five seed, you're on upset alert, right? Um, yeah. And UAB is really good. UAB's got a ton of talent. Uh, is it Jordan Jordan Miller, Jordan Walker? Their their starting lead guard, who is like the player of the year in Conference USA. Jordan Walker, he averages 20 a game. He averages five assists. He shoots 40% from the three-point line. Um, that's the type of guy that's that's really intriguing. And they have K.J. Buffin, who's a down transfer. Quan Jackson's a down transfer from, like, high level, from, like, high major, like, a high major outfit. Remember, we talked about them in the offseason, how many transfers they had loaded up on in the offseason. They've got high major talent or high major guys, guys with high major pedigree, I guess. So, I mean, it's not like UAB's got, like, you know, some – it's not like they're going to be undermanned in terms of – from, like, a talent perspective. Um, I don't know. This is this is almost another one of those where it just feels like – kind of like Providence, South Dakota State. I feel like too many people have swung the pendulum to, like, Houston sucks now. And I don't know, man. Houston just kind of keeps – like, all the talk is, like, Houston doesn't play anybody in the American. Well, where would UAB rank in the American? You know, I, I think Houston would kick their ass just as much as they would kick everybody else's ass in the Americans. So I think they're the better team. But mm-hmm. I guess it's one of those where I, I really wouldn't be surprised if eventually the the dam just kind of breaks because you just keep waiting for Houston to break, don't you? Mm-hmm. Houston just seems like tough. Houston just seems like a program that every single tournament it's gonna for them is gonna go according to chalk. Like they won't lose to a worse team, but they won't beat a better team either. Yeah, that's probably a, that's probably a great point. Is they're just going to, they're never going to like they have, they're just gonna they're gonna lose to somebody who's got more talent than them, right? And they're eventually going to run up against a team with more talent, but like it feels like they're not going to get upset because they do something stupid. Yep, yep, I agree with that. Now after that we have Cal State Fullerton against Duke, and they will play the winner of Davidson Michigan State. Which which storyline storyline are you most looking forward to? The possible uh, Coach K versus Tom Izzo matchup, the coaching you know Titans, or Foster Lawyer revenge game. I'm intrigued to see if there's a chance that Duke could lose to a 15 seed for the third time in like 10 years. I hope so. Like, that would be delicious, haven't they? Known that that would... three times. No, no, never mind. The year they had Jabari, uh, uh, not Jabari Smith. Who's the kid that they had? Jabari. Um, it was either Andrew Wiggins or Jabari. Uh, What's his like, name? Man, he played for the Bulls for a bit. God damn. Yeah, well, I can't remember his name. Parker. 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 Yep. Yeah, 
They lost to a 14 seed. I think they were a three seed that year. So never mind. I'm sorry. They only lost. To they've a had they've had a 215. They've had a 4-14-3. One was they lost to Belmont. I want to say I can't remember who the other one was. They lost to oh. Lehigh when it was CJ. Lehigh. Yep, Lehigh. Yep, that was the other one. Yeah, I want to so, say Lehigh was the 15. It was. Yep, yep, it was indeed. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd like. To, I guess I. I don't really like Michigan State. I don't think they're very good. I don't really mm-hmm. like watching them play. I like Davidson better, but I have a feeling Michigan State. I don't know. Like, they're probably better than Davidson. College State. basketball needs the Tom Izzo versus Coach K, so like they're gonna make it happen. Yeah, they probably will. You're right. And yeah. then, of course, Coach K will have to beat Izzo too because we can't have Coach K losing to Izzo at the end. Right. Yeah. No. Not so at all. I I think Duke's getting at least to the Sweet Sixteen. Yep. Now we have Iowa State LSU at six twenty, followed uh, or not followed by, or technically followed by uh, Colgate Wisconsin. Now, can I do my Colgate joke again? Yeah, absolutely. Nine out of ten dentists are recommending this upset. Whoa. Yeah, I'm more of a but but but, I said but not actually, but not actually. What about Scope? I think Scope's underrated. Scope's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Wisconsin's a team like. They're much like Iowa. They're much like uh, Houston, where their games are going to go according to chalk. So they're going to lose in the Sweet 16 round to the two seed from that region. Who is it? Refresh my memory. Auburn. Auburn. They're going to lose to Auburn in the Sweet 16. That's my prediction. I weirdly have a feeling. I have a better feeling about Wisconsin beating Auburn than I do about them beating Colgate. Wow. I don't really understand why. I can't put my finger on it. Uh, Just kind of looking at Colgate, though. Here are the three-point shooting percentages of their top seven minute getters. 36%, 36, 36%, 33.3, 45, 54, and that's it. So the seventh guy, he doesn't really shoot a lot of threes. Wow. They take, they've taken 837 threes in 34 games. So what is that? A little less than 30 threes a game. They knock down 40% of them. This is a terrific perimeter shooting team. And this is kind of like when I was talking about South Dakota State Providence. Sometimes these small schools, when they run up against the big dogs, that shooting percentage is going to dip in a huge way because they're just the athletes are just bigger, stronger, faster. There's just no way they can get shots off. I don't know if that's Wisconsin. Yeah, it's not the case of Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Like they're not so athletic. They're they're physical and they're tough. Fundamentally sound. You know, yeah, they're fundamentally sound. I could see Colgate maybe getting on a heater. This is a team that Colgate, remember last year, a lot of these same guys were on the team last year that got up a big lead on Arkansas early in that game and had Arkansas kind of by the balls for a little while. So I don't know. I have a feeling this is a weird, like sneaky, interesting game. And also I do wonder if if Johnny Davis isn't fully healthy. Wisconsin, it might be one of those cases where the best time to get them could be early. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the longer they play, maybe the more healthy he gets, the better they get. Because he's uh, he's not, he hasn't sat out at all, has he? No, but I think he's dealing with something. He was like three yeah. of nineteen in their last game in the tournament. So like, I don't know. I have a weird feeling that this one might be. We might. I, I think Wisconsin will win. Let me let me just put that out there right away, just to make sure everyone knows. I wonder what the odds are on a straight up bet on Colgate. Yeah, I'd be curious. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. Curious. Now. That might be worth. That might be worth it. So I bet you it's juiced pretty high to Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we're watching other games because this is one of the late night games on Friday. If you look up and like you're watching a different game and you look up towards the top of the scoreboard or whatever, and you see like 
there's like six minutes left in the first half and Colgate's up five. And you're like, woo, upset, you know, kind of thing. And, and then Wisconsin eventually kind of out Wisconsin's them. But I think that could be a really good game. Better than a 14-3 generally gets mm-hmm. kind of credit for being. Yeah, could be one of the better upset potentials here. Now, do you have anything on the LSU versus uh, Iowa State? No, I think, honestly, that's I'm super disappointed that that is a 6-11 matchup. I, I, I don't, don't want to watch it. I don't I, either. I, I have no desire. I don't even care that it's a 6-11. It should be competitive. But I just – I think both teams just kind of suck right now. And, like, yeah. like, that would have been a super fun game to watch in January when both teams were, like, awesome. But mm-hmm. they've revealed themselves both to just be extremely average – mid-pack conference teams. I mean, Iowa State, I honestly wouldn't have minded them not even being in the tournament. I don't understand how how they're so safely in. They they were great in the non-con, I know. I just, maybe it's the human element of me. Like, I feel like if you're just god-awful for like two months, I don't care what you did in November. Yeah. The tournament is now. It's not, it wasn't back in November. The team you are now is not the team you were three months ago. So, important fact, important distinction. And, and yet I feel like they might, they could easily win. I don't know, because I don't know what LSU – LSU hasn't really been all that good in a good long while either. Yep. So, I don't know. I don't really care about that game at all. It was a weird – 6-11 yeah. is supposed to be one of the best first-round matchups. And it's not. No. Like, Iowa State just, like, rode the coattails of a hot start to even get in the tournament. Yeah. And LSU just seems so – seems like there's so much going on in that lock, going on in that locker room right now with the firing and – who knows what LSU you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, and then, okay, we're down to the last two games here, Biggs. Uh, we've made it through. We have another TBT, TBD, not TBT, um, playing Arizona. And then the nightcap, the very last game of Friday night, is TCU versus your Seton Hall. Um, who do you got in that one? I think Arizona's going to win. For <laughs> I think one. I'll take Arizona that. against TBD. I don't care that the matchup – I don't care that TBD has the potential to like kind of surprise you. You don't care that you throw out their record books when they meet. Nope. I'm taking okay. Arizona, taking them. Okay. Okay. Um, and then I'll take TCU. I, I okay. like how tough they are and physical they are, and, and they've played in a better. They've played better as of late. I feel like Seton Hall is. I don't know. They've gotten some wins over some of the bottom dwellers of the Big East, and they're a different team lately without Bryce Aiken. Bryce Aiken went out of their lineup. Their offense has not been as good. Kadari Richmond, I think, has been a little dinged up lately, too, so he's not as good. I just feel like their offense is going to get stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch them against UConn in the first round of the Big East tournament, and they, they scored like 45 points or something like that. It was it was rough. And so I, I think TCU – I mean, TCU played Kansas three times in like nine days and played them tough. And they've played tough in the Big in the Big 12. I think it's a better league. And TCU is more prepared. I like Mike Miles. He's a stud uh, perimeter guy who can kind of go Kemba on you. Uh, give me TCU. All right, and yeah, so that is all the games for the first round of the tournament. Um, and we made it through. We, we made it through in pretty good time here, Biggs. Just over an hour here. Um, I did want to finish up with one thing. You know, um, I feel like the call, like the start of the college basketball tournament, is one of those events, much like the Super Bowl or the first week of NFL football, where you get all the great food, like all the great sort of appetizer food, right? Yeah. And I was gonna say, like, let's just pick, like. Should we do like a snake draft, like, and just pick like four, like okay. your favorite ones, like appetizer I'll, slash just like things just to, like the stuff that you can expect to see. Like for example, pizza is not an appetizer, but it's definitely a good one. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. So uh, you go you first. Know, we should if we hash this out later. We should have like rules where it's like you get one, 
you get one like dinner entree that could be like grilled steaks or burgers or pizza. Then maybe you get like apps and then a drink, but whatever. Let's just draft yeah. right now. Okay, go. You you can have the first pick. You're the host. You do a lot more work than I do. Okay, um, I'm going to go, you know, I like, and I might do this this weekend, a nice just, you know, smoke it for a good 16 hours pulled pork. Oh. Just, you pick up by the bone and it's done, it just falls right off. You don't falls have to right shred off. it. Pulled pork. Okay. Yes. All right. I will go with, um, uh, I'll say grilled steak. Grilled steak? <laughs> do you put it with anything or do you do, you do like Philly cheesesteak or anything or do you just? No, just straight up sirloin. Okay. Sirloin steak. Uh, like I'm a ribeye or something. I was going to say ribeye or a New York strip. Those are my two favorite. Sure. There you go. Yeah. Okay. You're again, snake, snake draft. Oh, yeah. I get two picks. Yeah. Uh, my next pick would be... I'm going to go with just like a something simple, like uh, like pick your favorite chip, like a Cooler Ranch Doritos. Okay. Yeah. Well, you need you need a snack with that crunch. Like you need to be able to bite into it and like hear that. And I have no idea how that came through on the audio here. I might edit it out if it's awful. There yep. you go. You did it. I, that sounded good. Um, my next one, I'm surprised this one got to me, Biggs. Wings. Wings, yeah. Give me great, a good wing, yes. Great fall. Whether it be boneless or traditional. Usually at a restaurant, I'll get boneless so I, like my fingers don't smell afterwards because like, I don't want to look like a slob. But if I'm at home, I'll just do like the traditional. March Madness, though. You, yeah. You into being a slob. Yeah, exactly. Um, my other one, a great thing to pair with wings, and sometimes Pizza Hut does this, is just pizza. Pizza and wings. Yeah, pizza's tough to, tough to top. Yeah. All right, you get one more. Oh, I only get one more? Or should we go top four then each? Yeah, I was going to go. Okay, I go so four. I get one more after this one. So you get two and I get one. Yep, okay. Um, I will go with beer. Okay. Okay. We, you got to hydrate. You got to hydrate throughout exactly. this. Exactly. You got to hydrate. Beer. And then I'll take like a like a chips and chips, uh, a cheese and salami, cheese and salami and crackers. Okay, no, that's solid too. And that could be um, like gonna... a smoked summer sausage salami. Could be like a pepperoni, um, but then any yeah, like a, a sliced up cheese and, and some either some triscuits or some Ritz crackers. Okay. Um, and then you know to end it, you know we have to be healthier, big. So I'm gonna go with broccoli. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm actually like <laughs> you mentioned chips earlier, and what goes great with chips, Biggs? Dip. Dip. Just an assortment of dip. Give me some spinach and artichoke. Give me some queso. Give me some. I'm sure you have some that you enjoy too. Give me all the dips. Buffalo. Buffalo dip. Yes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Wow. That sounds good. So, yes, that's all the first round games. That's our favorite appetizers. We will be back. I don't know when we'll be back. We'll, we'll, we'll record in person this weekend. So, yes, we will. We'll see. Can't we'll be wait. back at some point. Much like. Some of these college basketball teams are good and some are better and some are worse. We, we will be back at some point. Not good. Not great. Average. Average. <laughs> All right. Get out of here. Bye.